You're listening to the Reversing Climate Change podcast by the team at Nori, the carbon removal marketplace. This is a show about the innovators and entrepreneurs developing solutions to climate change. Hi, I'm Ross Kenyon. I am the creative editor at Nori's Carbon Removal Marketplace. Here co-hosting with me, Siobhan Montoya-Lavender, memeologist and co-founder of Thanks a Ton. Hey, Siobhan. Hey, what's up? Hey, are we still cool with memeologists? Is it? I, I noticed that was your time. I don't know. You made me feel self-conscious after the first episode where you where you ragged on it. I, I ragged on it. And then I started talking about Mimi's Cafe, which I think negates any ragging on <laughs> possible because it was <laughs> the biggest non-sequitur, non-joke possible. That's true. Well, if somebody comes up with a better term, tweet it at us. Let us know. What should what should someone who writes a meme be called? Because we have another memeologist with us here today. Ooh, Jason Hockman, co-founder and senior director of the recently recently launched Direct Air Capture Coalition. God, there's so much sibilance in that, Jason. I can't even say it. Have you thought about uh, reducing sibilance? I guess we could just go with that coalition, but I think memeologist is out of above or below a meme lord. I guess below, right? Memeologist. Ah. Once someone's a lord, though, isn't it? That's sort of a ironic undercutting of this person, right? Like you're an edge lord, you're a meme lord. I just assume it's a bad thing, right? No, yeah. being a meme lord is is high, you know, high praise indeed. I think it depends what community you're you're talking to in describing someone as a meme lord. I think certain internet cultures, it's a high high compliment, and others it might be more sarcastic or snarky perhaps i've always heard it described as being kind of uh dismissive or critical i'm curious what kind of communities roll in jason what, you're are you well on 4chan or 8chan or something is that what you're trying to i do? i am not on any of those things i am just on carbon removal and climate twitter and air miners <laughs> <laughs> and how's open the, air collective how's the carbon removal community on parlor aggressive <laughs> aggressive and, wow. and mean <laughs> it is a uh, i'm sure a diverse community of tolerant open-minded people who share a common passion of meme making mm. right? there you go right? that must be it oh, yeah. that must be it don't fact check me on that i wanted to issue a public apology to you jason because we did discuss you on the carbon removal memes for climate restorative teens show that we just did. But we think it ended up on the cutting room floor. I think some 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 sections of that show got too silly, frankly. And didn't <laughs> too meandering. Yeah. Some of them just got you're like, okay, what are we doing here? Let's find our way back. And I'm pretty sure we discussed your excellent contributions to meme making, which have been a huge part of the Air Miners memes community since before our account even started. So I feel like we're now we're saying, Jason, one of the original meme lords if you will well thank you very much that recognition is makes all of those days spent toiling in the meme minds worth it <laughs> Why? he has some good ones though jason's come up with some good ones and i noticed that so you started in we all started in the air miners meme channel just slapping up some silly memes for the community very supportive community by the way like i feel like you can you yeah. can launch a real dud there and still people be like, ha ha, good one. You know, good job. <laughs> it's a really good place to get your feet wet because you, you get support. Yeah. Support we also so dearly deserve. You you get an A for effort no no matter what you do if you are contributing to the meme channel. It seems like you have a strong uh, Simpsons heritage. I grew up in the 
the nineties kid. So that, that was, I believe the, the heyday for the Simpsons. And they are a great font of, of meme templates that are versatile. We've been trying to make the uh, groundskeeper Willie brothers and sisters are natural enemies meme <laughs> for weeks at this point. And we keep going back and forth on like, like the question I always ask with me making is where the joke is. What is the joke? Who's fighting? Did we lose it? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes you'll go, you'll change too many things. And you're like, this doesn't even make sense anymore. Like the core idea of this is now shifted. So I don't know. Do you want to try making one on the fly right now? Do you know, you clearly, you know, this can, one, right? Well, can you pop it into the uh-huh. chat and let's see if we can, if we can do this. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe you can help us solve this here. I can, I can even just share my Slack on the screen and we can do this. Yeah, it'll be a live workshop for memes. You know, we were saying that like sometimes you just put a meme together and it slaps and you're super happy with it. And then other times I feel like we agonize over the wording. And sometimes I think we produce a good meme that way. And sometimes we shouldn't have wasted our time. Is it worth it? I might even, just so people know what we're talking about, I'm just going to play the audio here of this. So, you know, this is like classic Simpsons. I've seen this meme mostly for political groups. Been like, communists and anarchists are natural enemies and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, here's the original clip. Hell, you don't know him. He lives in Russia. I can't believe they're hanging out. (laughs) Maybe she'll be a good influence on him. Or maybe he'll corrupt her. It won't last. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies. Like Englishmen and Scots, or Welshmen and Scots, or Japanese and Scots, or Scots and other Scots. <laughs> they ruined Scotland. You Scots sure are a contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. good. The disinterested, you Scots sure are dis- contentious people, is such a funny, perfectly delivered line. Yeah. So how would you approach this meme, Jason? Oh, wise, wise Jason. Well, I think that is what you have there is quite good. It, would it, would it make sense for you to, to read the, the template that the, the content that you've created so far? And we can see if there are other ideas worth, worth working from there. I mean, the easiest contrast I think to make in carbon removal is ecological and industrial or biological or. Which is really a fault. We recognize that that's like a false dichotomy. I know, like, yeah. now are I hybrid. think we're post. Oh, yeah, everything's oh, hybrid pretty much. All, all memes have to be 100% open and shut, cut and dry. Everyone agrees on the <laughs> definition. That is the nature of the art form, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very good <laughs> insight. Yeah. <laughs> well, I threw this up here. Sometimes I'd like throwing up a template without already having my mark on it. And sometimes I make my first pass on it. I'm, I'm not always sure which way is correct to go for encouraging the most creative pathway to the right meme. But anyways, I went with this to start and I just started naming methodologies or like broad families of methodologies. So ecological and industrial carbon removal are natural enemies like biochar and direct air capture or enhanced weathering in Bex. Damn carbon removers, they ruined carbon removal. You carbon removers sure are contentious people. You just made an enemy for life. So I know like the last three panels are good because damn carbon removal removers, they ruined carbon removal and everything after that. That's good to go. But the first three, I'm like, what am I trying to contrast with? What am I even trying to say here? What's the funniest combination of words? So I think perhaps a different angle or different tack you can take with with this particular template would be carbon removal and emissions reductions are are natural enemies, making fun of, of course, the people who 
actually think that, which of course they are not. They are complements to each other. They are not substitutes for each other. Have to say that. Here, no. here. Yeah. Um, so many memes about the necessity. We also made a Simpsons meme about that of having Bart having to say the line, Bart. Yeah, I, I had a good Simpsons meme on that, on the kind of anti-CDR people, the principal Skinner, the famous memes that, am I out of touch? No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> and just having it be anti-CDR people and saying, no, it's the climate scientists who are wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yes. Yeah, so how about, oh, yeah, I love the carbon removal and carbon capture are, are natural enemies that just making the distinction there. We also thought about doing like, I love anything that's geological or deep time based. I love the idea of carbon removers being at war with uh, geophysics and the planet in a way. Yeah. So like we thought about being like with volcanism, like is volcanism funnier than volcanoes here as the natural enemy? We also thought about doing it topical with all the private jet stuff, but I, I kind of like lean away from that a little bit. Uh, yeah. And then we we're starting to get too far from the format. And I don't know, this one, this one might be, you know, one for the history books, or it might be one that never makes history, but. Who's, um, the, who's it? Oh, Heidi, who's, who's a marketing manager here at Nori. She just started and she had an idea of what if we did meme seconds? Like you go to the farmer's markets and you can get ugly tomatoes for cheaper to get the seconds. And what if we just had like, we put out the memes that were half baked and never really worked. Meme seconds. <laughs> anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves, Jason. Maybe I think there's still hope for this meme. I think we can crack it. Help us crack it. Like, what do you think is the funniest combination? And then walk us through those first three panels. If you can. It's okay if you can. Man, I am I am being put on the spot here. <laughs> yeah. So Design an A plus meme. Ex Nilo in front of us, in front of a live audience. <laughs> I think it has to like it. Ha part of it has to stay the same because you know he's like the Scottish and X, the Scottish and X, the Scottish and X. So part of me is like to stay faithful to the original format. It has to be like carbon movers and subgroup. You know, carbon movers and subgroup, carbon movers and carbon movers. <laughs> it could be like carbon removers and climate deniers, and carbon removers and what do, what do you call people who don't like carbon removal? Like, what do they, do they have a demonym? Does that exist? How do I refer to them? Should we come up with and, one? Yeah. Uh, carbon uh, denier. That's the most. How about, yeah, carbon deniers. Carbon deniers. deniers. I feel like that's like a way of pathologizing dissent sometimes, though, where you're just like, haha, well, you're denying the truth. Delayers. You know, they're delayers. saying that we don't, we don't need it now, maybe later. Delayers, deniers. Skeptics, I think, is. If you look at the actual definition of skeptic, it, it's too kind to that. It also um, comes with a free fedora, though, so that's nice. That is true. So let's say we want to we want to stay true to that format and keep the verbiage constant. So we keep carbon removers in each of the panels. And how about thinking about the kind of emissions reductions idea? Emissions reductions and carbon removal are natural enemies, like solar panels and carbon removal, or electric vehicles and carbon removal. Damn carbon removers. They ruined carbon removal. I don't know. Does that work? Is there anything? Is I don't that know. I think you might be onto something. So, so in, this, in this version of it, Groundskeeper Willie is just wrong. He's just like a bad climate advocate. Because he's he's not into solar panels and he's not into emissions reductions at all. He's only 
Well, I think that's the humor is like, if you are emissions reductions, pro emissions reductions and anti-carbon removal, then you're probably assuming that carbon removers are against all sorts of emissions reductions technology, which is of course not the case. I think the meta joke there is about infighting within the climate community, of course, wherein it's, it's quite clear that we need all of these solutions. All of them have their own benefits and drawbacks and challenges that need to be addressed. And the idea that it makes sense to pit one against the other when we need all of them scaled up and deployed at levels that are hard to comprehend today, it's just self-defeating. The Willie's notion that, <laughs> that <laughs> Scots are enemies with everyone, that's, that's not the case. And to all our listeners in, in Scotland, we, we love you and hope, hope that Hope that you understand where we're going with this. Yeah. On, yeah. The, on the comments on the YouTube clip of that, there's a whole bunch of Scottish people who are like, I'm Scottish, can't confirm. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Actually, I think the pressure is less honest because this third panel should be, should be or carbon removers and other carbon removers, which we've omitted from this joke by accident. So, so really, we only have to do this first one could be carbon removal and emissions reductions or natural enemies, like carbon removal and carbon capture, or something like that. And then it could be, or carbon removal, carbon removers and other carbon removers. And then we could we could bust on Willie for being uh, uh, exclusionary or, or myopic, or what's the criticism you want to levy against someone who is so obsessively focused on one set of solutions that they have tunnel blindness. Is that what we want to say? Is that what we're trying to do here? That sounds about right. Myopics, myopic, blinders on that, that that seems like the right general message or antagonistic combative i'm just thinking of of synonyms right now so i don't know how helpful that is <laughs> keep going mr thesaurus here i want to show you one other one that's related to this and this one might go into seconds or it might be unpublishable or it's funny i want to do like a sith kermit where he was actually arguing that if we are so good at cdr we never needed to carbonize and I wanted to like, I wanted to like make fun of that like dark carbon removal instinct where you're like, you Oh, know. I know exactly where this should go. Oh yeah. What garbage can somewhere else? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the natural play there is the role of oil and gas with this one. Oh, okay. Tell us more. Yeah. Go ahead and describe this meme too. I, I think people listening. Will, yeah. For the audience. Yeah. So the meme, it is the meme with. Kermit the Frog, speaking to Sith Kermit the Frog in the black robe cape thing. I'm not even sure if it is a Star Wars thing or a Sith thing. I always associate it with him being Sith Kermit, but it's also it's just like evil, evil Kermit. Yeah, it's like I think the it's the Sith robes, yeah. you know, okay. or like the Emperor, the Emperor's robes. Yeah. So what we have here right now is normal, not evil Kermit saying we need both CDR and decarbonization and evil Kermit saying, or this is a note, argue that if we scale CDR, we never need to decarbonize. I think a, a different take on this meme template could be Kermit saying something along the lines of, perhaps you, you can help me with the language here, but something along the lines of we can get to gigaton scale on our own or, or something some, without oil and gas. And then 
evil Kermit saying, well, they happen to have the exact set of expertise and infrastructure and assets to do this quickly or to do this at scale. I don't know how, how would you yeah. want to address no, that? I think, that's, I think you're hitting on something. I think, yeah, we, we go in with, you know, the argument of, you know, we don't need the oil and gas. They got us into this problem in the first place. And then we point to the fact that like, well, they kind of have all the infrastructure and engineers to get this done. And the know-how and the people who know about hydrocarbons underground. <laughs> yeah, run it in reverse. Um, so then in this framing, then uh, normal Kermit is like innocence is his archetype. And then Sith Kermit is what, like hard-headed realism? That's what he represents in this? Is Sith Kermit actually the good guy in this framing? Which is okay. It's an interesting use of the format. Yeah. I love it when we, we meta flip formats. That happens a lot in Meme Lab. Is we'll be sitting around and we'll have some kind of, I don't want to say stagnant, but we have this like format that we're, we're toying with, we're toying with, toying with. And then usually it's Asa, sometimes it's Mira Ross, that comes in and just kind of blows up the format and is like, wait a minute, what if we flipped this? Uh, okay. And a lot of times that makes the funniest meme. Okay, here it is. Good Kermit is making the argument that you need the oil and gas expertise and infrastructure to do large-scale carbon removal. Dark, evil Kermit is saying, yeah, for EOR. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. okay. You well, did it. You did it live, Jason. <laughs> it, it, it got the best laugh of any of them. That's a good sign. And then we go through this process of being like, well, do we want to, like, what? When yeah, do we, do we want to, do we want to? Touch that that third <laughs> rail. Make there. people believe yeah, the third rail of EOR. <laughs> I feel like EOR is a, is a is a fine target. Like we try not to have too. It's many enhanced things. oil recovery for those listeners that may not know, and it's a technique of using um, pumping gas along with other liquids, CO two gas captured along with other liquids underground, in order to force out the last little bit of remaining oil that's, you know, trapped in these shale formations that can be hard to get. And so, yes, the captured CO2 is now stored underground, but then all that oil you just forced out is burned. And so it's, you know, at very best neutral. Yeah. Thanks for explaining that to, to listeners. I like this take. Yeah. That once, once you know it's funny, well, funny has to come first. And then once you find something that's funny, you're like, is this mean or mean in the wrong way or to the wrong person or group? Uh, is this actually like a theme that we want to share culturally? Does this actually help carbon removal in some perceptible way? Does this make us more hard, hard edged than we want to be? We've definitely had funny ones before. Where we're like, uh, I think this tonally is wrong, but Eeyore <laughs> is fine. Does you agree with that, Siobhan? Does Eeyore seem like a fine target? I just think poor Jason, he's being sucked into our psychosis of meme making, which is, uh, is very accurately described uh, by you just now. We really do go through these kind of rounds of like, wait, but are we shedding the exact right light on CDR and are we being the right level of sarcasm and all this stuff goes into our, our yeah. psychosis when we're making these memes? No, there, there's definitely a lot of introspection in the, in the meme lord, <laughs> memeologist community, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yes. Uh, I like it. I say we make it and then we, we pitch it to the meme lab and see what other people think. You should post it and be like, be like, what's the meme format or like the text of being like, what if we kissed JK unless? That's <laughs> 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 the caption. Just joking about this. Unless. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Jason, I think one thing we want to have you do while we're here, and we don't have to do it now, I want to hear some stuff about the Direct Air Capture Coalition, but we would also love to hear from an expert such as yourself, um, a ranking of all our DAC-related memes so far. So you can let us know which ones have landed oh, and boy. which ones are, are DAC-inaccurate. Um, but we can do that now or we can get to that later, but we'd love to also just ask you some, some questions about the DAC Coalition and how things are going there. Um, well, since it's really blown up in the last few months since you guys launched. Thank you very much. So it would make sense to talk a little bit, a little bit about the DAC coalition and then segue into the, the DAC meme judgment portion of, of the. There you go. <laughs> Believe it or not, audience, Jason is more than just a memeologist. He also works at the DAC coalition. Tell us about it. So the DAC coalition is a recently launched multi-stakeholder, nonprofit, global coalition organization to help advance and accelerate and to educate, engage, and mobilize society around deploying direct air capture technology at the pace and scale that the climate crisis really requires. And as the UN IPCC has said, and that we need large-scale carbon removal, of which direct air capture will, will play a, a, a critical role. And our members include both for-profit direct air capture companies and other key actors in the broader value chain and market ecosystem, as well as leading environmental nonprofit organizations, advocacy groups, and academic and, and research institutions. We launched at the end of May with, at the time, 22 direct air capture companies and 10 aligned stakeholder partner organizations. Since then, we have grown the coalition. We now count 44 members total, including 27 direct air capture companies, three other aligned value chain, other for-profit companies in the value chain, as well as now 14 stakeholder nonprofit partner organizations. And our goals are to really be a platform for education, for engagement, for facilitating collaboration and connectivity throughout this emerging sectors to help it scale in a timely, effective, sustainable, and equit equitable manner. Yeah, that's exciting. That's exciting. And I saw, because I remember talking to you right when you were about to launch and then you launched. And since then, just in the few months since May, I feel like you've already gotten all sorts of additional partners and additional employees, I've noticed. So how's it been kind of scaling up from zero to where you are now? Well, it is, it's a really exciting space to be in. We have definitely seen a lot of inbound interest. Folks who are clicking on the, the join us or, or contact us forms on our website. Our website is dacoalition.org. I encourage you to, to check it out after you're done listening to this, to this episode. And we are getting a lot of inbound interest and, and inquiries from folks who are interested in joining and learning more about director capture and finding ways that they can be a part of this, I don't necessarily want to say a, a movement to help get carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and put away somewhere for a very long time to help address climate change. I think that is the, the key goal here that we are having, you know, a great, great conversation, making some fun and making some light out of it. But this is a real need to help uh, address climate change. Every percent, every, uh, decimal of a degree increase has a significant difference in 
what kind of world we will be growing up in, leaving, having our children grow up in, and so forth. And it also is a tremendous opportunity to build a trillion dollar industry from scratch. I've heard it described as basically creating the oil and gas industry in reverse in a matter of decades. So there is a need for this. There is, there's a need for this. And there's also just tremendous opportunity to build something new, to build something impactful. And if you're on the for-profit side to, to build something that can be quite lucrative. Yeah. I mean, I think you actually just much more eloquently articulated one of our memes about this exact theme, which is the Keanu Reeves meme, where he says, it says like, you know, too, born too soon, born too late to own property, born too soon to be a TikTok star, born just at the right time to co-create the trillion dollar carbon dioxide removal industry or something like that. And I think that's kind of true. You know, you kind of articulated that, like we're at this really exciting moment where, you know, we could be creating as you say, the oil and gas industry in reverse, but exponentially faster than it was created. I think that's such an important point and something that's so appealing and attractive about getting into and getting involved with this sector right now, both direct air capture and carbon removal, all of the panoply, the, the spectrum of different solutions out there is that you really have the opportunity to, to punch above your weight if you get involved now. And if you, for example, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with this, but recently the uh, cities of Flagstaff, Arizona, and the county of Boulder, Colorado formed something called the, the Four Corners Coalition. And they are basically aggregating that they're forming a coalition of local governments, local municipal governments that are pooling resources to help advance and, and deploy carbon dioxide removal technology. And Flagstaff and Boulder, Colorado are not the largest cities in the world. Yet by getting on this train early, they can have an outsized impact in how it develops and in the way that this industry is shaped over time. And I think that that's really exciting. So that the the policymakers who are working on things now, they, they are setting a template that can be replicable a- across other geographies, other jurisdictions. And, and the same is true for, for everyone kind of working in the space in one form or another. Th- this is still in its infancy. It's still in its nascency. And the way that it comes together and develops and evolves over time is dependent on what people in this industry do right now. And I think that is one thing that's extraordinarily exciting and that I'm excited about about the Director Capture Coalition is the role that we can play in shepherding or, or, or stewarding the growth of the sector. Are you doing that through research, through lobbying, through creating a standards body, something else, all of those things? Well, I think we definitely want to be a credible, reliable source of up-to-date, accurate information and educational materials related to direct air capture. We also want to be a, a venue or platform for connectivity and collaboration through, throughout this emerging ecosystem and things like forming working groups around particular issues or solution forums or coming up with actionable, if not actionable, then value additive content that can help move things forward or engage with 
actors throughout society in, in a way that is beneficial and having kind of that frontline access to the real folks who are the practitioners in the space and understanding where there are obstacles or pain points or opportunities may lie and how we can best articulate or, or amplify their efforts, I, I think can add a lot of, a lot of value to, to the space. Yeah, I think that's fair. And like, where do you, I mean, you've articulated this a little bit, but like, I'm trying to kind of understand where you fit in the CDR ecosystem and like, where's the value add? Where's the gap that you saw that you're like, oh, we need the DAT coalition to fill this critical gap in the CDR ecosystem. So great question. And there are a lot of groups that are doing tremendous great work on carbon removal and DAC is part of their portfolio. What we saw a need for or a gap existing is that there was a need for an organization, a, a nonprofit, a non-commercial entity that was a hundred percent focused solely on the direct air capture space and can have that focus, that expertise in this space. And we want to work and amplify the efforts of, of the other wonderful organizations, the, the Carbon 80s, the Negative Emissions Platforms, the Clean Air Task Force, the Mount Rocky Mountain Institute, all of those folks who are doing great work in this space. We want to help amplify, to enhance, to make their work even even stronger. And we think that having the access to the frontline practitioners, that real-world, real-time information and being a channel or a conduit for, as I, as I was describing before, what the challenges and, and pain points are and help inform the way that this conversation and the policies around it and the market ecosystem kind of takes shape. So if this is going to be, if there's going to be a, a trillion dollar, a gigaton scale direct air capture industry, we think that it's not just going to be on the backs of a small handful of for-profit companies, of commercial companies that can help it advance uh, in a way that is timely, effective, equitable, and sustainable without having kind of the, the nonprofit, more globally public-spirited, climate-focused hand helping that happen, helping make that happen. Is there still a lot of pushback going on for direct air capture? And do you see your role as trying to change hearts and minds on DAC? I think on that front, our role is to help raise awareness, to help educate and communicate the, the facts on the ground about DAC. That's why on our website right now, there is a whole, we, we got out of the gate with a lot of educational material on our website. We have a DAC FAQ that has been reviewed and vetted by objective experts in, in the space. So I consider that the kind of DAC 101 for people who want to learn more about this, who might have common questions, that clears up some of the common misperceptions or confusion about the space, the carbon removal, carbon capture, conflation at time, the idea that decarbon is that emissions reductions and carbon removal are somehow in conflict, as well as just the basic facts about what this is. Then we also have, for folks who want to do deeper dives, a DAC report library, which right now I believe is over 130 third-party independent 
either academic and research institution reports or governmental or NGO reports so that if you want to learn anything, if you want to do deep dive on anything related to direct air capture, if you want to see what life cycle assessments are out there, what technoeconomic analyses, what policy white papers, what market reports, that's all there. You can sort by the topic area. You can sort by the type of entity that has put out this report. And we are upfront that there are challenges to this and we want to help address them and be upfront about them and to find solutions because this is a critical technology that we need to deploy to help address climate change. So th this isn't about being Pollyanna-ish or, you know, rose-colored glasses about what the state of direct air capture is. It's more that there is a lot of potential here and it is needed. It is critical that we deploy this in a, at the pace and scale that climate science tells us is required. And we want to help bring folks together to help make that happen in a more timely and effective manner. We, we also, the, the other thing I want to highlight on, on our website, dacoalition.org, is the DAC company directory. So I think that a lot of people who even know that direct air capture technology exists, they might think there are three or four companies out there doing this. People who might know more uh, about it might think there are, I don't know, 10 to 12. We have 27 direct air capture companies, and you can go to our, our website, click resources, DAC company directory, and learn more about all of them, where they're located, you know, what their description is, find a link to their website. And we think that providing that kind of visibility and showing folks that there are all of these innovators out there, many of them with completely, with, with very different, a, a diverse set of methods and approaches for direct air capture, that it, it just kind of adds adds um, value to, to the space. And we want to see them all succeed because we need this to be a thriving uh, sector. What do you see as the biggest problem facing uh, mass adoption of direct air capture is it the, well, maybe this is a good point to transition into our memes and you can tell us if we got this right or not, because this is what I perceive as perhaps the biggest problem for direct air capture. And I might be revealing naivete here, but we had one about, oh, this one, here it is with Charlie Kelly doing his Pepe Silvia from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So it says carbon removers when challenged on the clean energy requirements of direct air capture. And it has Charlie smoking a cigarette feverishly and trying to explain his conspiracy theory, basically. Did we get this right or did we get this wrong? It definitely is a huge challenge. I don't know if the response on behalf of direct air capture advocates would be wild eyed and, and frantic and <laughs> um, as uh frankly psychotic as as the episode <laughs> of Always Sunny in Philadelphia that, that is being referenced here. But that absolutely is a huge challenge. I think that being able to lower the energy requirements for direct air capture is, is something that a lot of folks are working on. And also being thoughtful about the siting of these locations and making sure that you have low or, or zero carbon heat or electricity to be able to to power them. I mean, there are a whole host of, as I was alluding to before, different approaches that can have different kind of, for, for one thing, energy requirements and different types of energy inputs. 
And I think the more that we are able to get this technology tested, developed, researched, deployed, the more you're going to see efficiencies, both in terms of cost and energy requirement. As this is also happening, you're going to see more clean energy being deployed so that there will be more available. I mean, the, the beauty of the Climeworks uh, Orca facility in Iceland, of course, and their um, their their new plant that they've broken ground on Mammoth is that it is powered. It's located right by a geothermal, zero carbon uh, power source, and also situated on top of the right geological formation for carbon uh, storage, carbon mineralization. So I think that there are a lot of opportunities to kind of co-locate direct air capture with the geothermal or, or solar. We'll see the, this meme it says cold fusion, but I, I do think that there are serious advances in you know next generation nuclear, be it fusion or, or small modular reactors. I think that it's something that everyone in the direct air capture space is is mindful of. And I think it's why mm-hmm. that if you were to look at the companies in in our coalition, almost invariably on their website they they talk about how their technology is either a lower energy requirement or can be powered just by clean electricity or can be powered by intermittent sources. Everyone is thinking about this because it it is a real it is the hot issue. topic, yeah, for sure. When yeah. you hear DAC, I think the critics first thing I think they would go to is, you know, maybe citing complaints, but then real genuine concerns around energy consumption and energy consumption at scale, of course. A good answer. I pulled up the next one here. We like have this this internal joke about people installing DAC sorbents upside down. And we have one, does this exist literally anywhere with inside of DAC? Is this even possible? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I can I can give a serious answer to this if we want. It, it'd be totally tangential, but that is not on my top ten or fifty <laughs> lists of concerns, I'd say. Of DAC being installed upside down or sort of being upside down. No. I, I mean uh, it'd be like saying um you know, you're using that sponge backwards. I, I don't think that that's an issue that, that people have. I, yeah, I, I think we all knew that going into it, but we thought it was just funny to making jokes about sorbents. And um, apparently I'm the only one who thought this was funny because it only got two likes, dang it. But I love this final warning, Tyler, like Tyler keeps that. But are there, are there other like direct air capture means you can even think of right Let's now? Let's see. We have, we have the removing in the moment meme. Oh yeah, we keep using. That was that a play thing. off that like wizard. I don't know, not a cell phone in sight. It was a play off that, yeah. not a cell phone in sight. Just removing or just I don't know, relaxing in the moment. I don't even remember the original. Yeah, just meme like format being in the moment or something like that. We keep using the same direct air capture like stock image too, and that's just become <laughs> its own joke too. We're like, what can we do? I don't know. Throw that dumb image in there again. Over. And over. <laughs> no, I, I I had a good tweet it, it wasn't a meme but just a picture or a couple pictures of, of those stock images that you are referring to because there are literally three or four of them that you see in every story of direct air capture about direct air capture in the media and the two is just something like one of the co-benefits of increased direct air capture deployment will be that 
one of these three images won't accompany 95% of press coverage <laughs> about direct air capture. It actually got retweeted by former Secretary of Energy, uh, Ernest Moniz. And I was like, whoa, I guess this thing, uh, <laughs> this, you know, hit. Yeah, that one landed. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's legible. Like if you shared a picture of the Orca's facility or you did like Noya and you did smokestacks or cooling towers or whatever, like it doesn't read in the same way. It's not legible in the same way. So it's an incorrect like form of shorthand. Is that maybe what's happening here? Yeah. It's it's funny, actually. Yesterday, I saw a commercial. I think it was, I don't remember exactly who it was for. I think it was for some bank promoting their sustainability efforts and saying that we are investing in solutions you've heard of. And then it pans out over solar farm and it says, and some that you are, that you haven't. And it showed one of the Climeworks facilities, the the, yeah, the one that I am looking at right now, the the one orca. with the nice, um, n- not not orca, the the Henwill one, actually, the one with the wonderful plains and mountains and green in the background, not not the Icelandic uh, landscape one. <laughs> yeah, we did this. Siobhan drove this one pretty hard, but we did this. Not a cell phone in sight, but it's S I T E because it's about direct air capture sighting being important, and we were wondering if this got. The footwork became too fancy for the joke to read. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think of this DAC meme? I need to digest it. To, <laughs> that, that's bad. Which, which I think <laughs> is the... Bad, bad sign. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about how some memes we make are just good enough to ship. You know, we're like, eh, we don't have any other content today. We'll put that out there. I think this is one of those, but it all came from like a meme format that I was not familiar with, but was like somewhat trending. Um, but I think in this one, we actually used all stock photos in existence of DAC facilities <laughs> that, in that, one that is That is it. Yeah. I do want to call attention. Well, after after we've gone through these, I want to call attention to my, my CDR 101 meme thread, which is my pinned... Oh. tweet that oh, I, I it was at the end of that week in april where it was just a non-stop cdr news and i was like ah, I, I could probably put together a thread of my memes that explain cdr pretty well <laughs> bill hater at the start here you got stefan wow. yeah. i thought about doing this before but i've never committed to it oh you did well look at that that's some good numbers yeah yeah. Okay, so it's, yeah. So for the audience, this is Bill Hader, and he's saying, the world's hottest club is carbon removal. This place is everything. Trees, soils, biochar, bickers, mineral, or bikers, if you say it that way, mineralization, algae, oceans, and machines that remove CO2 from the sky. Sounds like a cool club. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay, then you went dazed and confused. I mean, this is this is a meta joke, because you're, you're making, it's not, it's cooler, literally. So this is a clever one I like. Oh, thank you. It is meta because so it's the it's the classic dazed and confused. It says want to remove gigatons of CO two from the air? It'd be a lot cooler if you did. That's funny, dude. I should just I'm just gonna retweet that right now. Why haven't I Do seen it. this? Yes, this is working out perfectly for me. Getting that engagement. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to boost, boost you up here. I have to make it up for you after you got publicly dissed and omitted from our meme episode. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. here we have a guy talking to a brick wall. It says. CDR is a moral hazard crowd <laughs> as the brick wall. 
Do you find that a lot? I feel like this used to be more common back even when Nori started. We used to have more conversations about this. I feel, I feel it's much more rare now. Do you agree? Yeah, I think I probably made this meme sometime last year. And I think that with the IPCC report and everything else that's happened, people are more acknowledging that it's it's a necessity and the moral hazard is a is its own kind of hazard. <laughs> Yeah, it's become more nuanced, I would argue. Yeah, that there's kind of almost the opposition to like the moral hazard of doing nothing crowd. And then, and I think there is an acknowledgement, certainly, of, of the risks and moral hazards of CDR, of, um, you know, of deploying any massive technology at scale. I think, you know, we talk about in the Air Miners Environmental Justice Committee a lot about like all the risks, that, all the ways this could go wrong. You know, here we are at the beginning. We're at the beginning of something massive. And it's really on us. It's on like, us on this call and everyone listening, like anyone involved in this industry, it's on us to say, okay, this is the moment. This is the opportunity to make the right decisions now so we don't lock in horrible decisions for generations to come, you know? And so I think, you know, I think there's a lot of nuance there and I'm glad we're kind of getting away from the black and white, like, well, if you clean up pollution, then people just pollute argument. Yeah, totally. Uh, here's here's a good, good Simpsons one. Yeah, like a Homer looking real real fit but of course he's got like everything tied back behind his back and neck holding all his oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so corporate net pledge is looking good media marge fawning Ooh. and then behind... that was a good marge yeah <laughs> and then unverified for the moment marge came off well <laughs> she's got such a unique voice too and then unverified carbon offsets in quotations from is the the back view yep Yep, yep, yep. So it's like a greenwashing meme. Okay, and then an arrested development meme, which is uh what J J Walter Weatherman, is that what his name his name was? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. yeah it was. Good good throwback, yeah. Seen this way times. We yeah, we should do more arrested development memes. And that's why you don't rely on force as carbon offsets. <laughs> and uh yeah, all of these have little explanations in the in the actual tweet text, and that was yeah. in reference to the permanence or durability of forest-based offsets being at risk due to things like wildfires. I've not seen this next one before, which is like a city on fire, and it's labeled as the levels of atmospheric CO2, and then Will Ferrell yelling, which, you know, when is he not yelling? The anti-CDR crowd, fire trucks, hoses, and extinguishers are unacceptable techno fixes. Yeah, I've, I've, that the I, the techno fix thing that that just kind of bugs me as a it's technology that is helping something. I mean, you could argue that solar panels or vaccines are also techno fixes. That doesn't strike me as a as a really serious um, argument. Yeah, words that it's like in Wikipedia would be labeled as weasel words and then be flagged for deletion. I mentioned this earlier too. It's like if you want to if you want to discredit someone, there's a whole bunch of ways you can do it and yeah techno fixes is one of those terms where you're like oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah like, what are you trying to say there it's, it's bad to use technology to make things better <laughs> yeah it is but yeah oh and then this is okay another lucille meme i remember seeing this one did we already share this one it's a classic or it's a development scene would you like the plate or platter i don't understand the question and i'll <laughs> on to it <laughs> It's funny. Jason, when you're making these memes and like here you're kind of doing like a little almost explainer thread, right, on Twitter around CDR, you come from this like serious DAC coalition background. Like, 
Do you think you make memes as kind of your own outlet? Do you think you make memes as a new platform and medium of connecting with new audiences? Do you find them mostly to be educational in nature? Like what's your goal kind of, if you have one, you don't have to. No, great, great question. I definitely see it personally as as a little bit of a creative outlet and just a fun little thing to do. But I do think that there also is that educational value in it. And I think our, our friend, uh, Jack Andreessen, fellow CDR meme lord, memeologist, however, whatever, uh, <laughs> term of art we want to use. I, I forgot it was him or someone else is like, memes are the new white papers and you can convey a lot of information and kind of shape the debate in a certain way through a well-crafted, well-curated meme. That's absolutely true. I hope that's what I tell myself to justify. That's what I tell myself. <laughs> the, the Nori white paper that needs updating that I'm slowly making progress on. Yeah. But also, <laughs> all right, I don't want to go through all of these. There's one that I, that is my favorite one that is upcoming. Well, I love this, this underpants gnomes one too. And you don't see South Park around so much these days, <laughs> but like, I grew up with it. Which one do you want to talk about? That that one. That Which one is my favorite. Oh, uh, yeah. Suck it up and it's bury just, it deep. Suck it up and bury it deep. And then it's the Drake hotline bling with suck it up and bury it deep. You know, saying no if it's anger management, but yes for, for carving management. <laughs> that's, that's, a that's a good one. I like it. That's a good take on that classic meme format. Oh, I thought about, I posted the template for the fortune cookies one, but we, we couldn't figure out the right way. And it just sort of fell by the wayside. No, it's just a nice wholesome, uh, both and. Yeah. Both and ending on a wholesome note. I like it. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else you want to talk about, Jason? We have links to, to the direct air capture coalition in the show notes, many of the memes, your Twitter, blah, blah, blah. That stuff's in the show notes. Is there anything else though you want to say or drive people to? I want to thank you both for this incredible opportunity and had a, had a lot of fun and having this kind of hanging out, talking carbon removal is, is great. And I'm really glad that you guys are, are doing it and that you've been such a, a force at, at the outset and the nascency of this, of this sector that, that we need and that we need a lot of folks, um, pitching in on. Uh, well, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you joining us on this podcast. It's fun to have you listening. I hope this was fun for you. I hope you enjoy this um, kind of like new format here experimenting with. I hope it serves you well. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend and thank you again. Thank you so much for listening. If you could please subscribe and give us a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, that'd be much appreciated. It helps us get our content out to more people. You can sign up for our newsletter at nori.com, follow us on social media, and we will catch you next time.